church say all the time. And all the time, God is good. Amen. 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 I, I wish that um, Mama Maxine was in the room this morning, but I'm sure you online somewhere, and if not tonight, you will be. But there's just something that I remember when I very first met Mama Maxine. Now, Mama Maxine is uh, Pastor Michelle's mother. And when I met her for the first time, very shortly after I said, hey, how you doing? You know, with my big old smile and my eyes all squinted. She, she exchanged some words, I exchanged some words, and I said, I heard you got a word. And she said, and do. And there was something in that when she said that that just lit something up on the inside of me. And I said, I can't wait to have a good old word. Because my response when everybody say, I heard you got a word, I'm going to say, and do. <laughs> and do. Amen. God is phenomenal, and he has given me something to give to y'all, and I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about it. Amen. Amen. Before you have your seat, I would just love for you all to just give my wonderful husband and my daughter and my son just a hand clap because, y'all, they have been praying for me. They have been for me here. I mean, God has really been downloading the thing, and my family pulled together. And I mean, when I say anything I needed, anything I could have thought of, anything that, I mean, I didn't even know I needed, they were right there for me. It takes a family, I'm telling y'all, a family, a kingdom-minded family. Ah, it's something about it. I love y'all. Thank you, and thank you for each and everybody else who drove out. Nana, where you at? Flew out. <laughs> there she is. Flew out, drove out, came out after your long, busy days to support me, but overall to hear a word from God. Amen. So you may have your seat now. As I have your attention for a little bit today, I'm going to talk to you all about being suited for battle to win a war. Being suited for battle to win a war. As I began to prepare this message, something amazing kind of crossed my mind. And the amazing thing, it was three short stories. And so I thought before I get into this thing, I wanted to share these three short stories to you. The very first thing that crossed my mind was this wonderful, empowering conversation that my baby sister, she's about four years younger than me. I said baby, but I got a couple of them and some a little younger than her. But this one is about four years younger than me. And I remember when I was little and um, I never really struggled with the confidence of believing I was cute or I was a pretty little girl because my family did a really, really good job at always telling me I was cute or always telling me that, you know, I was just, I was the it girl, you know, so I never had a problem with confidence. But this particular day, I was outside, and as I was outside playing with some of the kids in the neighborhood, y'all know kids can be mean sometimes. Yeah. They can be real mean. And these kids was just not being very nice to me. <laughs> they said some words that kind of hurt my feelings. And I don't know why when they came across, uh, when, they, when they came and attacked the way I looked, I allowed that thing to bother me because it was never a thing that bothered me, you know? And so I kind of left from them and I went home and I sat down at the door because I didn't want to go inside and disturb my mama because y'all know how mamas can be. Don't talk about nobody's babies now. <laughs> but I didn't want my mama to know. And so I sat outside our door and I kind of scrunched up and I put my hand in my face and I was crying. And I don't know when, what brought my mother outside, but she came outside and she began to ask me what was wrong with me. And I wouldn't tell her because I didn't want her to go down there and say nothing to them kids. 
I didn't want to start nothing that was already kind of going on, you know. And so I remember my little sister. Now I'm telling y'all, she had to be about three or four because her words wasn't that strong, but they were strong <laughs> enough. And she wiped my tear from my eye. And she looked at me. She said, Sissy, what's wrong with you? And I said, nothing. She said, it's okay. I beat him up. And it was that moment that I was so empowered because I'm looking at this little bitty girl. Now, she's four years younger than me, and I'm looking like, I'm your big sister. You're not supposed to be telling them you're going to beat them up, and I'm up here crying and scared, you know. But she said that, and it empowered me so much. I was like, she is ready for battle. I thought at that little age, she thinks she can beat up these big old kids. The next thing it brought me to was the reminder of my grandmother. One thing about my grandmother that I love is that I've always known her to be ready and bold. See, Nana, this was going to be easier if you weren't in the building. (laughs) But she always has this readiness and this boldness about her. I watched my grandmother all the days of my life, and one thing that I've noticed is she she rarely ever has to get ready. She's always ready. She stay ready. If you're about to leave out the door, wait a minute, I'm, I'm coming too. And she's ready. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I got to find my shoe. I got to find my, I got to get my hat. I got to make sure I look okay. Somebody might see me. I, oh, I'll be having to get ready. <laughs> but she stays ready. And that was always so admiring to me. And then, not only that, but something that was so special is I never got to see her bow to conflict. Never. Now, I'm not saying she has it because she's human. But I've never witnessed it. I've never seen her bow to the battle. I've never seen her throw in the towel. Nana always had it together, right? And so that was just very inspiring as I was thinking about this thing, ready for battle, suited for battle, to conquer the war. You got to be ready. But the third thing that it brought me to, most importantly, was a letter that Apostle Paul wrote. And in this letter that he wrote in the Ephesians, the small part towards the bottom, starting around chapter 10, I mean chapter 6, verse 10. If you desire, you can turn with me in your Bibles, and I'm going to read this part of the letter where this whole message tonight is going to pretty much come to an end. And it reads. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. And in the power of his boundless might, put on the full armor of God for his precepts, his ways, his guidance are like the splendid armor of a heavenly armed soldier so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. 12 goes on to read, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with the physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces in this present darkness, against spiritual forces and wickedness and the heavenly supernatural places. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to stand successfully, resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm 
in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. 14 goes on to say, so stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, your personal integrity, moral courage around your waist, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and upright heart, have, and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace and preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and readiness, y'all remember that? Readiness produced by the good news. 16 goes on to say, above all, lift up the protective shield of faith. Jesus. We're going to say that line one more time. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times, on every occasion, and in every season, in spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding and prayer for all God's people. Amen. Amen. That's a whole lot. But I'm going to tell you something in God, in God, that's everything you need. A lot of times I used to look at this scripture and I would look at it as though I had to actually put on these pieces. And I would think, my, oh, my, I'm going to forget to put on something. I cannot. He, he said the helmet, the shield, the, the belt, the, the shoe, something. I don't know about y'all, but I'm in a rush a lot. And so there's been times I left a lot of things that I needed on my way out the door. And I would read this scripture over and over again. And I would go in seasons where I had to go verse by verse. And I was like, I'm going to forget something. Dang, this is difficult. Why so many pieces, Lord? Why so many pieces? But tonight we're going to find that you won't forget anything. Tonight you're going to leave this place knowing that you don't have to worry about leaving those doors again without forgetting any piece. Amen. Amen. So Infinity Worlds, somebody say Infinity Wars with me. Infinity Wars. Infinity Wars. The first thing that came to my mind when I thought about the word Infinity Wars are the many battles that we face every day. Day in and day out, we war with what things such as anxiety, depression, things that just go on in your everyday life that's hard to get rid of, the pain. You know, those things that just make you think like, oh, here, oh, it's just the pain. Oh, here it goes again. Oh, here I am again. My anxiety is kicking in. Here it is again. Oh, I'm not going to make it out. Oh, I'm not going to be good enough. These whispers begin to become so loud in the inside of us. We just go on each and every day warring over and over and over again. Infinity wars, right? Wars, wars, fights, fights over and over again. We go on and we think that this is just something I need to take some medication for. We go on thinking that this is just something maybe I need to see a doctor for. We go on thinking if I can just call my best friend for a moment. We go on, you know, in these places believing that this is something that has become our identity. This is who I am now. Infinity wars, battles over and over. And these are the slight battles, right? But then it begins to get a little bit deeper. We go on to family battles, broken cycles that we just can't seem to get it together, right? Mama issues, daddy issues, abandonment issues. These things now on top of the anxiety, on top of the fear, on top of all of these daily things I deal with. I have this going on around me, creating a war. So I went from battlefield to battlefield to now I'm in this war zone. I can't get help anywhere. 
What is going on? What is going on? Lord, did I forget my helmet of salvation? Lord, did I forget to put on my belt of truth? Lord, I'm praying. I'm crying out to you, but why am I still stressed over this thing? Why does this thing feel so heavy? Why is it that I can't get through this thing? I'm battling here, there, and everywhere. There's a battle on the inside of me. There's a battle on the outside of me, but there's war all around me. Infinity wars. Infinity wars. Infinity wars. But then I look, and it reminds me of a man named David. And when I think about David, I think about how David was always battling something. He was always somewhere on a battlefield fighting. Every time you turn around, David was on another battlefield. Fighting here, fighting there, fighting everywhere. As soon as he finished the fight, he was on his way to another fight. And I thought about how much he loved God, right? He was, as we read our Bibles, we come to find that David was loved by God. We find that David was admired. God just loved him some David, right? And so I'm thinking and I'm looking at the word and I'm like, well, God, so do we. You know, so do the people I'm connected to. I know they love God. You don't love God. (laughs) But I'm just saying, I love God, you know. And 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 I'm going on and I'm like, Lord, is that not enough? Is it not enough just to say that I love you? Is it not enough just to just to know that I love you? Is it not enough to know that you chose me? Is it not enough to know that you've anointed me? Is it not enough? Is it, what is it? There, there must be more to this thing. And so just as David had a more to his story, there's a more to our story. No, it's not enough. I'm sorry to tell you that I tell you with a smile, but no, it's not enough to just love God. There's a more. There's a more. So many times in our life, we go through these seasons of winning these victories. We go through these seasons, and we believe that because we have uh, seen somewhat of a prize at the end of this battle, for just a moment, we believe that we have the victory. And let me tell, let me explain that a little bit. There's a such thing called a pyrrhic victory. And these are victories that you gain when everything that you went through in the battle was not worth anything at the end. It wasn't worth anything to win. Everything that you lost through the battle. Now you fought, you fought, you fought, and you fought, but you came out with nothing. It's what a battle, what kind of battle is that if you go through with all of your people, you go through with everything you have, you're praying and you're crying and you're snotting and you got your Bible open every single night and then you just, at the break of it, you come out and you think that everything is well, but you look up to realize that you lost everything. That's not the type of victory that the Lord desires for his people. Those are called Pyrrhic victories meaningless victories, pointless victories, useless victories. And those victories a lot to us sounds like when our money is running really low and then we borrow money from somebody else just to pay the borrowed money that we already owe. So now we're in this bigger debt, you know, but for the, in the moment we feel good, right? Because we, whew, we paid him off. So you feel good, not even understanding that you're still in a debt. You're still in a hole. It's just been 
It's just being stretched out for a little bit longer. You know, that's what you call a pyrrhic victory. It's like you went through all that and you borrowed this, that, and the third just to still end up in debt. That's a pyrrhic victory. We got to stop doing that. When the illness gets worse, it gets so bad within us that we begin to give into it and we begin to say, you know what, maybe this is my story. Maybe this is what God has for me. That's what you call a pyrrhic victory. That's a victory that, no, that's not what the Bible says about you. That's not what your God says. That's not what he speaks about you. This isn't your end story, but you give up in that moment just so you can have a moment of comfort, just so you can have just a little moment of, okay, well, then man, now I can just lean on God. And you feel like you won just for a moment. You feel okay. You begin calling your friends, telling your cousins, telling everybody, you know what? No, God is good. And you know what? Because somebody had a thorn. Maybe this is my thorn. You know, we just begin to pluck from other pieces and say, well, this is me. But that's not what God speaks about you. We don't have to receive that. Because that's not what the word says about us. a pyrrhic victory. When the test gets so hard that we just throw in the towel. We throw in the towel. Shouting, thank God, I made it. How you throw in the towel, but you still claiming victory. You throw in the towel and you say, thank God, I made it. Oh, I may, I may have failed, but I'm going to get back up. That's a pure victory. That's a meaningless victory. That's a victory that you were not called to. We got to stop winning these pointless Victories. We got to stop going through to lose everything because that's not how God works. That's the God. That's the, I don't know what false story that came from, but we don't have to accept that. That's not who we are. I don't. I haven't read that anywhere in the Bible. Has anybody read that? Yeah, I haven't read that either. If anybody comes across it, let me know. I give you my number after church. But I'm just saying that's that's not what that's not what God has for us, and we have to let that go. If I can leave something before I tap into this. I want to share this with you because I almost had a period victory moment. After this word, after God downloaded all of this into me, I had the nerve to almost have a period victory. So the Lord called me on this complete fast, a fast that I didn't. First of all, I thought it was the devil because I said he's trying to kill me. <laughs> what you mean, God? What you mean I can't have no food? None at all? Can people do that? I I barely eat now, Lord, are you sure? But he called me on this crazy fast. And on this fast, I wasn't allowed to eat at all, nothing at all. And the first day, I made it through. I said, okay, God, this ain't that bad. (laughs) I can do this. Okay, I can do this. The second day, I was like, wait a minute now, Lord. This this ain't what is, this is not what I'm about. I don't think I can handle this. But I'm going to hold on a little while longer. But it was during that last moment and the last day when everything began to get really, really tight, really, really hard. Everything in my body was hurting. Everything, my mind was hurting. My head was hurting. My eyes were hurting. I went into my garage to just begin to cry out to God, and I began to pray and give him my all, and I couldn't even speak. I'm using everything that I thought I had. I was like, Lord, you said when we weak, then you are strong. I was like, Lord, you said when I can't, when we can't pray, then you're going to pray. I just, I just heard it in Bible study again. I know this is true. I've seen the scripture. I'm crying out everything I can cry out and all of this pain I was in just to find out that it was more to it than that. It it was more to it than when you are weak, then I am strong. He wanted me to see a thing. But right then and there, 
I didn't think I could make it five more hours. So something in my mind said, just give up and go eat a piece of that chicken you made. Just give up and just stick your fingers in the mashed potato and just get a little, just a little taste. Just give up. And I know it sounds crazy, but when you hungry, hungry, <laughs> when you hungry, the smell of it almost, you can taste it when you smell it. And I'm telling you, I just wanted to give up. I wanted to give up, but I was reminded that if I give up, I'm winning another pointless victory. Another meaningless victory. That mashed potato would have literally killed everything for me. Like I, and I, it, the amazing thing about that is right before then, I had just got done saying we know how it feels to give up. We've all done that before. We know how it feels to throw in the towel. We've done that before. But what does it feel like to win? What does it feel like to have raw, pure victory? What does it feel like to cross the finish line? How many times have we experienced that with God? What does it feel like to win? And so I held on to that and see that was something that I got strictly from him with me. You have everything that you need. Everything that you need. So I held on a few more hours. And praise God, I made it. Praise God, I made it. But what I received from that at my weakest moments, at the weakest moment of my life, I felt God the strongest. My ears were so sensitive to his spirit. I was wrapped around, tucked inside of his wings. I never felt or experienced God like that before in all of my experiences. It was the best place. I told my husband, this is the worst and best place I've ever been. <laughs> But I'm telling you, there's a greater victory out there for Amen. you. If there's something that I had to share with you guys tonight would be something that they would tell them back in the days, back in these Bible days, if you will. They would say, gird your loins. And you see, in that moment, when you said something like that, first of all, they wouldn't have said it as sweet as I just said it. Because at that moment, that meant for them to hurry up, get ready. This next adventure is one for you. This next thing, you can't have no loose ends. This next thing, you need everything tucked away. This next thing, I mean, bring all your swords, bring all your spears, bring everything you need. But you can have no loose ends. And so if I had something to say to you tonight, I would say, gird your mind. Get rid of all those loose thoughts. Get rid of all those things that's distracting you from what God has called you to do and be. Get rid of all of those things that's taking you away from his call. Gird your minds. The Bible tells us to fix our minds on things that are good. Fix our minds on heavenly things. Fix our minds in areas and places that's going to glorify him. It says nothing about dwelling in these empty, meaningless thoughts. When we have these loose thoughts dangling around in our mind when we find ourselves in these battles we come out winning meaningless victories meaningless victories I would say gird your hearts gird your hearts you got to get rid of every loose thing in your heart you have to rebuke you have to you have to get rid of all the pain you have to get rid of everything that's weighing your heart down because the Bible also lets us know that it is in our hearts that everything flows from and so if you're holding on to heaviness if you're holding on to pain if you're holding on to drama if you're holding on to past things if you're holding on to things that are not good for you then that's the life you're going to walk out and so when you find yourself once again in another battle because we will 
face many battles. When you find yourself again in another battle, the things that will be coming out of you are not things of God. The things that will be flowing from you are not things that can help you. The things that will be coming out of you will be disgusting. You will look up like, how did I let that slip out of my mouth? How did I find myself in that situation? I don't know how many times somebody has cut us off or somebody has said something silly to us in a grocery store or somebody, you know, did something to one of your kids or something and you just was so quick to lose it. Gird your hearts. Gird your minds. This is what it means when we go back to Ephesians and we're looking at this piece of the letter that Paul wrote when he's given us all these pieces, but you can find how to suit yourself when you're wrapped, when you're wrapped up in the word of God. You see, the word of God will not allow you to walk out in a mind with loose ends. The word of God will not allow you to live this lifestyle with loose ends in your heart. The word of God is so much more than that. It's so much greater. It's everything that we need. Everything. There's battle on the inside. There's battle on the outside. But there's war all around. We have to understand that these little battles that we face every day is nothing compared to the war. It's nothing compared to the war. And sometimes we get them confused because we've allowed these little bitty battles to look bigger than they are. So then when we're stuck in the midst of the war, everything is just that big. We have to change our perspective. I was thinking, Pastor Michelle started this entire series off reminding us not to bow to the stars. And as I was digging into the word, I came across a place, again, thinking of David, and I was thinking about how he didn't bow. And then it reminded me of my grandmother again. I said, I ain't never seen no God. Man, I ain't never bow. I ain't never seen no God in no conflict now. And I'm thinking about different times in my life and how people that have watched me and my husband and my family grow, you know, they look at us and they say, I ain't never seen them bow every time they go through something. It's like God just show up and, and bam, there it is. Everything they need, bam, there it is. And I'm thinking, you know, there's the key in that, not bowing to the stones, as Pastor Michelle would say, or not bowing to the battle. And when I look at David, I'm saying, oh, wow, you know what? He didn't bow to anyone but God. There was a moment where David was in this, in this war, him and his whole army. They was out there warring, 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 warring. They were battling, 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 and their home was kind of... Um, just left alone without the men at this time. And, and David's enemies came and they, st- I mean, they took every wife, everybody's wife, everybody's kids. They took everything from the camp and set it on fire. They set his house on fire. And I'm sure we can find ourselves in situations like that when you go to work and it's a battle there and then you got to pick up the kids from school. It's a battle there. And then, you know, you, this, you come home and this bill is due. It's a battle there. But then you get on in the inside and it's like war. It's set on fire. You and your husband can't get along. You know, the kids cutting up at school and at home. All the bills do everything about to get cut off. I mean, it's just war at home. Your house been on fire. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, well, what is David going to do? What is you going to do? We get back and now look at this. 
And that spoke to me because I was like, you have so many people connected to you. And you have to understand we hear this over and over and over again that those connected to us, they don't only receive the blessings that flow off from us. I mean, that's the amazing thing when you have people and you getting blessed and there's an overflow and they blessed too, everybody happy. But you have to understand that even when you go through war, even when you go through hard times, even when you go through troubling things, these people that are connected to you, they feel that too. They get that too. So what are you going to do? Are you going to bow to the battle? Are you going to earn another Pyrrhic victory, meaningless victory? Are you going to take them through all of this with you just so y'all all can come out losing everything? Don't bow to the battle. Something very special in this moment that David had. After all this was going on, all of this craziness was going on, and he gets home, and it's on fire, and everybody's mad at him, and now they want to stone him. They want to get rid of him because this is your fault. This is your fault, David. Now they're mad at him, and they're pointing the finger at him. David asked for his ephod, right? He asked for this piece of cloth that goes over him. You see, back then they had to wear these, like, robe things before they would go and um, <laughs> seek God. And if they didn't wear these things, what was so crazy about it is they were putting themselves on the line to be struck dead. And as I was reading that, it was very interesting because I was like, even David, the one that was loved. Remember, we talked about that. Even David, the one that God favored in a sense, he had to clothe himself before he went to God. And it was in that moment that I thought, you know what? It's not just words on a paper that he's instructing us to put on all of these pieces. It's not just words that he's instructing us to be full of him, to be wrapped in his words. It's not just words. It's not just a piece of blanket that we have to wear. It's not just this helmet that we just have to make sure we have on. So we're not going to let anything you say, nana, any boo-hoo, say whatever you want to say to me. It doesn't matter. I have my helmet on today. Like at least we can't just put on these little pieces and think that we're safe because it doesn't work like that. We have to be wrapped and clothed in God. When we don't just ask David if he wouldn't have came wrapped up, we are laying our lives on the line, saying that we can just, we're like, strike me, I'm here. Throw your dart, I'm here. I don't know about y'all, but I used to be real crazy back in my life, time way back when, when I would just walk up to people and just dare them to do any and everything. You know what I'm saying? You with me, Nana? Yeah, I would be like, do it then, do it. That's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. When we don't have on our armor, when we're not wrapped in God, we're pretty much going out there saying, shoot your shot then. Shoot me then. Shoot your shot then. I'm big. I'm bad. I'm favored, but shoot me then. Because God loved me. That bullet ain't going to kill me. Shoot me then. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Even David had to clothe himself, a loved one, a chosen one, Amen. called one, Amen. anointed one, Amen. even he. And so I say again, don't bow to the battle, but Amanda, what do you say that God is saying to us in this moment? And this is the part that just excited me. Because I asked the Lord that. I said, well, Lord, okay, all this is good, but what are you saying to us? Because I'm out there with y'all. What are you saying to us, God? And he said, the battle is yours, but the war is mine. Jesus, 
the battle is yours, but the war is mine. So he's not saying, I'm, I'm just going to snatch you up out of all this stuff. You don't have to fight. You don't have to need me. I'm just going to pull you up out of it. I'm just going to pluck you right on out. I'm just going to, you too, you know what? You call, you anointed, you good. I'm just going to remove the battle from you. He says, no, the battle is yours. You still going to fight. That's right. As did David. You still going to fight. But just understand this, when you are clothed and wrapped in me, no matter what comes against you, it shall not win. No matter what you come, no matter what you face, it cannot overtake you. It cannot break you. No matter what you experience, know that the war is mine. And what can stand against our God? Who can stand? against our God and when you are wrapped in him and you are clothed in him like I said in the beginning you will not forget your helmet of salvation you will not forget your breastplate you will not forget your shoes you cannot because he is everything he has everything so I looked and I said well God I spent all this time I spent all this time trying to make sure I had on everything I was like all right okay okay make sure I got, I got my breastplate oh yeah I'm good today I'm walking in truth Yep, I'm walking the truth, and when I go through something, I'm going to use the word. I got it, I got it, and no matter how many days I went, I was still forgetting a piece, but what I found is that because I was so wrapped and tucked inside of him, I lacked no thing. Oh, that is a blessing. There was nothing that I lacked, and so God is good. God is good. God is good, and so I say to you all the same way that I had a story that I can remember how my sister was ready for battle, and that just yes, inspires me all the time. Oh, girl, I don't care what you face. I don't care how small you think you are. God is with you. You're going to win over and over again. No, and just like the story with my grandmother always being ready, never having to get ready, never bowing, I look at that and I'm like, well, I don't have to bow to this battle because God got my back. I don't, I don't have to bow to this because I know who stands with me. I know who lives inside of me. And so just like that, I leave with you all tonight. If you don't remember those stories, then just remember this. The battle is yours. But the war is his. Amen. 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 Amen.